This is Will, and this is the Days Past Tooncast. Hey, this is Travis. And this is still the Days, Days Past, Past Tooncast. Tooncast. And we, we talk yeah. about... Yeah? <laughs> adult conversations uh-huh. about yesterday's animations. animations. Absolutely. We talk about the old cartoons, the ones with the soul, with the heart. We just got done talking about the 90s for an entire month, and as great as that was, mm, I am so happy. Well, it was. I, okay. I think we had some good times. Yeah, we had some good times. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I'm so happy to be back squarely in the 80s because this entire month of February, it is it is officially an alliterative name. Yes. Filmation, Filmation February. February. And it guys, had to be done. It's it's going to be great. Every week, we're going to be talking about a different Filmation show, different Filmation cartoon. I didn't know who Filmation was. I knew the name kind of before we got I into no this idea. podcast. But like, um, I really still didn't have a great idea of who they were, even when we talked about them before on prior podcasts. Right. So I've really, we did some research it, it, on them. It was, it was like with each each one we did, we kind of, we learned a new chunk yeah. of information. And then finally, we started watching like a documentary about them on YouTube. And now I have a book written by one of their producers. Like Two books. We just went down that rabbit hole because they were behind a lot of stuff. And they really were very important. They also make some of the funniest cartoons you'll ever see. Period. Um, we want to let you guys know a tiny bit of background information about this company that we're going to be dedicating so much time to just to let you know where they're coming from because they were really a force to be reckoned with for a long time. Uh, they were founded in 1962 by Hal Sutherland, Norm Prescott, and a guy you're gonna hear you've already heard his name a lot on the show if you've listened before, but Lou Scheimer. Heard he was a complete asshole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you watch the documentary, you will on YouTube, which I, I definitely would suggest, it was very entertaining pretty informative. Lou, one, is the nicest guy in the world, and everybody talks about it. <laughs> Every conversation starts with, Lou Scheimer did this for my family, did this for me. Yeah. Lou Scheimer's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Just It's like on repeat, <laughs> like he paid them off or something. <laughs> uh, but I believe it. I, yeah. I do believe it. He yeah. just seems like a nice guy. Right. Um, and they were in business until from 62 until 89. That's a pretty damn good run there. They were so pro-American. That was one of the biggest things for them. They kept all of their labor here in America, but, even yeah. through 89, which is like by that time, a lot of cartoon companies were not doing that. So right. kudos to them. And they didn't do it easily either. A lot of cuts. Yeah, 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 <laughs> a lot yeah. Of cuts. They are known for cutting the cutting the corners occasionally and definitely yeah. keeping costs way down. Right. And here at Days Past Tooncast, we have talked about that yep. since the beginning of our podcast. You'll be hearing more about it as we go along <laughs> this episode, too. Definitely. Uh, their first credits as filmation were Rod Rocket and Life of Christ. Rod Rocket. That's a funny combo right there. Rod Rocket. Yeah. That already sounds very suggestive. That's your and screen then, name, I thought. <laughs> Rod Rocket 69. Yeah. And then immediately followed by Life of Christ, which is exactly what it sounds like. I yeah. would love to see. I would love to see like an 80s filmation style show like a She-Ra or a Ghostbusters or whatever, but done for the Life of Christ. I oh. would really love to see that. Um, I think we all would. 
Lou Scheimer had largely been a background artist starting out in the 1950s. After he got out of the army, he went. He was an artist, and he started painting backgrounds. He actually did a lot of work with important companies. He was under Chuck Jones over at Warner Brothers, which Chuck Jones did a lot of Looney Tunes back in the day, some of the more famous ones. And he also, after he was at Warner Brothers, he did some work at Hanna-Barbera. So he came up in some big studios there. Uh, Hal Sutherland, one of the other founders, had worked at Disney as an animator on Peter Pan, Lady of the Tramp, Lady of the Tramp. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and Sleeping Beauty, where he was an animation director. Uh, he was he animated those. He served as largely as an animation director on a lot of shows for Filmation. And just so everyone knows, um, here at Days Past Tooncast, Will will not let us do any Disney Mm-mm. shows. Nope. It's a big no. no for now. <laughs> for here's, now. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Most Disney shows are good, right? Yes. Okay, so that's the problem, is that when we do good stuff... It's, we're running into the 90s It's difficult, epidemic, yeah. Huh? So it's not that we'll never do them, but yeah. I'm not in a big rush to get there. <laughs> I'm not in a huge rush. Okay, we already okay, talked okay, about yeah. a few Disney yeah. characters on the Cartoon All-Stars that's episode, yeah. so that's a little tease. So you have Lou and Hal Sutherland. They had a lot of cartoon experience already by the time they started Filmation. And they got that name uh, by pretty much just putting the words film and animation together. You don't say. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> I know. It's like... They, they mashed together like they did everything else in their cartoons. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, like, it's that silly. name is very Filmation of Filmation. Yeah. Pretty much just like, <laughs> we have to get this done right now. You're so being Filmation We right have to get now. this... You're so Filmation. You're so Filmation. <laughs> Filmation really wasn't doing especially good by the mid-60s. Like, I guess they just had kind of a tough run of it. But the thing that saved them, the show that saved them, yeah. and that's even, a, I think, a, the title of the chapter <laughs> in the book that I read uh, by Lou Scheimer is Superman. DC Comics actually contacted Filmation to create, in 1965, uh, these Superman shorts they're about. Not Superman shorts you would wear to bed, but uh, like <laughs> seven-minute... Like, not, not the ones I'm wearing yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like seven-minute shorts or whatever but the thing is that really saved them like that was a hit that got them more work they ended wow. up working on a bunch of DC Comics properties after that I mean yeah. Batman and Robin show really or adventures or whatever is really just kind of the tip of the iceberg as far as the DC stuff goes but they did a whole bunch of other I guess you would say licensed show, shows based on other properties besides yeah. that the Archies you got Star Trek the animated series uh, featured the original cast uh, won a daytime Emmy you got Tarzan Lord of the Jungle Flash Gordon, Zorlo. Zorlo. <laughs> I've never heard of Zorlo. <laughs> Zorlo. <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to roll my arms. I'm sorry. Z- Zolo. You did a voice to roll your arms. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, they didn't just do stuff based on existing licenses, but that seems to be the the majority of it. I mean, they did revivals of some famous cartoons like New Adventures of Mighty Mouse and the Tom and Jerry comedy show. Ooh. Those were in the late six, or late 70s and early 80s. And uh, honestly, the, at least the Tom and Jerry one I know is not especially well-received. Like, I remember seeing some Tom and Jerry's as a kid and just knowing they weren't as good as others. Oh, dude, you're, you're a hater in its purest form. I love T&J, man. No, I love T. I'm saying... I liked some and I didn't like others, and the ones that seemed newer I didn't like, and I'm wondering if they were maybe the ones that Filmation did. Okay. <laughs> I'm not laying that at their feet. I'm just saying I'm wondering. You know, yeah. I don't know. They also did live action shows, if you can believe that. They did Shazam, which was based on Captain Marvel, which is another DC character. They had The Secrets of Isis, which was kind of like a companion. Yeah, not that Isis. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it if I said that show. It was actually about a very attractive woman who would turn into like the Egyptian goddess, yeah. I guess, or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's kind of questionable. These days, yeah. I was like, I should have been like the secrets of Isis. 
to, to avoid any alarm here in the DPTC <laughs> studio. And they also did the live action show, The Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. which uh, we've talked about a little bit on a prior one, but we're going to watch that cartoon at some point. Don't yes. know if it'll be this month, but that eventually got turned into a cartoon. They're also known for Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. That's one of their biggest things. That also won at least one Emmy, I believe. They're also known for She-Ra, Princess of Power. Mm -hmm. And that's a spinoff of another show. I'm trying to remember the name what of it. What is that? I just, I can't it's the, think of that. The Blaster. The no. No. The, is it oh, v, oh, it's, uh, I got fan. it. It's. Hey, my animal masters <laughs> of the universe. <laughs> We're I back. We're yeah. back in Eternia. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been away for so long, and I feel like, Travis, you have asked me every week, when are we going to do He-Man again? <laughs> yes. Every week, I slide across the paper with the He-Man name on yes. it. Yes. He-Man's he and the master of the universe <laughs> is what we're talking about today. And uh, this is the second show that we'll be ever returning to on Days Past Tooncast. Something we'll be doing in the future. We've done it with Thundercats before. And yep. He-Man is so, like the filmation uh, show. I mean, it's the reason I even know what filmation is at this point. And so that's why we're here in Eternia talking about it. If you don't know what He-Man is, here's Will's really short paragraph about it. Oh, I love these. I love these. This is not written. This is off the cuff. Damn Off liar. the dome. It is. I'm looking at you. I'm not, I didn't, I didn't right, remember. We're doing it. this right now. All right. Go. He-Man is about a, a, a guy and his name, oh shit. Oh God. <laughs> uh, it's about this guy named Prince Adam. He turns into He-Man, who's a big, strong guy, and uh, he saves the world of Eternia from Skeletor, who's trying to rule Eternia. That's pretty much the idea. Like, yeah, any more than that, episode. we'll fill it yes, in as we go. Right. That's every episode. Yep. I, I think Skeletor's in, like, 99% of them. <laughs> I know that they tried to get him in there a little bit less as they went because they didn't want to overuse him, but it's like, how how could you? I want the whole show to be about Skeletor. Me too. I really want a Skeletor spinoff. But, like, with Alan Oppenheimer, the original voice actor and everything, and same quality of animation. Yes. <laughs> Let's call man. up Blue Shimer's daughter. Let's see if she's willing Let's to do it. I got sign her phone up on that. Here. Oh, I cool. got her phone number. Excellent. Erica. Yeah. Give us a call, baby. Ciao, babe. <laughs> Ciao, babe. Oh, man. Uh, He-Man and the Master of the Universe. And today we are talking about, we started with their very first episode, and now we're doing an episode very near the end of the run. What, what number was this? Because Number 116. Wow. So okay. it was uh, from 1984. It was on uh, November 20th is when it came out. That's about more than halfway through the second season, which was a second season of 65 episodes. Yeah. So, man, like, we've missed a lot of action, I guess, in the meantime. Thankfully, you can just dip into any one of these, and you're just as well-informed as you would be any other yeah. time. Yeah, you're good. Like you're good some, go. there's some people showing up that we've never seen before, but who cares? It, they don't get explained. Yeah. <laughs> really, they just, <laughs> they just. I mean, some of them do. Some of them get like some. Man, there's some bad expo uh, exposition in this for sure. Yeah. Uh, instead of the the term you used, um, information dump. Yeah. Character dump is there, what is absolutely. what he takes. Yeah. It's it really just seems like it's like whichever <laughs> toys they felt like they should. No, and I say that you know it's more reading more about it. Like they really weren't at the behest of the toy company nearly as right. much as I thought. They actually had complete control over the content. So they didn't have to put in anything they didn't want to from the yeah. toy line. And so they really got to, I mean, anything that's there, it's because Lou and the others said, yeah, let's do that. So you can blame them for all these <laughs> silly characters that show up. Um, let's, let's dive into this because there's so much I want to talk about in this episode. The yes, name of this episode yes. is Here, There, Skeletors. Everywhere. everywhere, which is, uh, I think there's a Beatles <laughs> song called Here, There, Everywhere. I wonder if they were trying to make a reference to that. It, it, if there's any more than one skeleton in an episode, a skeleton in, in any episode, I definitely want to see it. And we were, I was not disappointed at all. Not at all. This these, is, these were mini. 
mini Skeletors, which made it that much better. Yes. Let's get a little setup here. The show starts off. We're in Eternia. It's one of those expanses that you've talked about before where it's like where, like just random, like expanses of wilderness or land. It's like you never know where you are. They're just (laughs) there for people to do things on for cartoons. The background, it was really weird. The background looked like overgrown like mold or fungus. The way it was like, it's like you could break off a piece and just chow down on it or something. Really gross looking. But it's just like Thundera, just like Transformers, just like wherever, it was wherever the action needs to take place. They built you a spot right over there. Which I think is somewhere in Utah. It looks it looks, it, it looks yeah Utah New Mexico maybe yeah. yeah that area just like some it's like desert land but it just doesn't look quite like a normal desert right to me yeah um, it's lush there is lush green well forest yeah there's just green like some green paint that got spilt on something yeah. is what it looks like <laughs> but we're we come in and right away smooth jazz in immediately I have not I didn't notice in the last episode we did I don't think they did it they do a very sitcommy like even more sitcommy jazz version of sitcom-y. the theme. Yeah, sitcommy. Like yeah. Uh, don't trust those sitcommies. They <laughs> and it sound and it's the theme. You so they did like a bastard. version of the theme that you would hear on like smooth jazz radio. So yeah. I love that. It's just like gets you ready. Like, hey, I feel good. I'm hearing attorney with my pals, Man at Arms, Cringer, and Prince Adam, and they're ha- hanging out because Man at Arms, who is the inventor of the group, he has created a duplication machine. To what end? I don't know what his deal is. Right. But he's created it. The issue with it, apparently, is that it will create a duplicate of anything, living or inorganic, but it always creates it exactly one half the size of the thing it had. Like, well, so weird. So specific. <laughs> like, you would think with it being that specific, there's something you could just double up on in the design, and then yeah. it would not do that anymore. But they act like that makes it worthless, almost. He's like, yeah, I really failed on this yeah. one. Because they start duplicating these berries. Rango like, berries. Yeah, Rango berries. If you're doing that, if you're trying to create more food, it's it doesn't matter the size, just create twice the as many berries and you'll be fine. You can still feed a bunch of people with that. That's not a failure. That's a big fucking deal. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a great invention to have. Yeah. And poor Cringer, man. I Cringer is is Prince Valiant's tiger. Prince Valiant. Good lord. He's an inspiration for Prince Adam, but <laughs> Prince Adam, I, I've never, I've barely seen anything Prince Valiant in my life, yet that's what I keep wanting to call him. Like, I've just read that name a lot. But Cringer is his his poor cat who last episode, we talked about this, like, I already felt bad for He's him. He's so abused. Dude, he, he I, doesn't He doesn't want this lifestyle. I feel even worse for it. I feel like they've changed the, the voice. The voice did it's change. Like, I put that I'm gonna, down the nose. Yeah. I'm going to play a clip. Like, I almost want to cry when I hear him because he just seems, like, so sweet, and he just wants to live a normal big cat life. He doesn't want to do any of this stuff. Man at Arms, new duplicating machine just made me an extra dessert. <laughs> Dude, guy, Lou had to save some money, and he cut he cut whatever voice actor and made some changes on that. The thing, you know, the thing with this, they only could have they could only have so many actors on each show. They would have three principal actors on each filmation show, and then Lou and possibly his daughter later on would fill in the rest. So, and Lou wouldn't even use his name. He used a, a fake name for that because yeah, we've talked about before how he's kind of, right. he was ashamed of his acting. And some of it's better than, some places it's great. Some places not as great. But he, each actor could only do three voices of the official actors, like the main voice cast. So all the rest was up to him. And so that was just like, that's such a small cast for how many freaking people show up on this show. <laughs> There's just, they just introduce people like seemingly for no reason. Yeah. They don't, can't even give more than one line to everybody because that would be too many people talking. So, man, was the, the Scheimer family was very busy 
voicing these characters. No doubt, man. But Cringer, man, I just, I really feel terrible for him. Like, every time he opens his mouth, I, he's got a stutter. He seems to love food. I don't know. I feel, I like, I want to bring him to my house or take him to a preserve or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you can't take proper care of this tiger and treat him right, because He-Man kind of, like, talks to him sometimes, or Prince Adam, I guess, too. Like, almost like, uh, like he's getting over on him somehow. He's like, hey, can I borrow that fruit from you? He's like, well, I guess he's like, yeah, thanks, buddy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like someone who's bullied you enough that you just give them what they want right away anyway. Well, they are checking this this machine out. It's supposed to be a secret experiment that they're running. But we get another, we get a new character within the first, I don't know, minute or two. Yep. This guy, he shows up and then Orko, they both show up very close together. Uh, I'm, I've got a clip to let you know what Moss Man sounds like. All I have to say about it ahead of time is, which way did he go, George? <laughs> And then Orko <laughs> has some, like, X-Men-level exposition info dump going on. Something no one would ever say to anybody else right. about another person or being or Moss Man. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Moss Man, this is supposed to be a secret test. I wasn't spying. I came out here for a nap. I'll go find another spot. You better get back here right away. We're in big trouble. <laughs> Even when he's not trying to be, Moss Man's a spy. Being able to change into any plant can sure be handy. Orko, what are you doing here? I was lonely at the palace without you guys. I thought I'd pay a visit. <laughs> I just, okay, I'm at, these guys all hang out all the time. Like, Orko's one of the few people that knows Prince Adam is He-Man, right? Right. I make up that they just had to get away from him, away from that voice and his his failed magic attempts for at least a minute. And so they intentionally didn't tell him they were going to go do this. And then he's like, hi, where are you guys at? What are we doing? And it's, oh, shit, who told him? How'd he find us? Yeah. How did he find us? They're always trying to get a break from him for Just a break. Second. Like, I love Orko. He's very positive. Like, he's, he's a good guy at heart. Yeah. But yeah, I can't spend all day with that guy. <laughs> You kidding me? And I got yeah. a hunch that Lou did the voice for Moss Man. Well, how about I just tell you at the end of the episode he did? But, okay, <laughs> that's just that's just my hunch. He though. absolutely did. Pretty okay. much, yeah. There's like three characters here that were not voiced by a member of the Shimer family. Uh, Moss Man. Okay, well, I wasn't spying on anybody. Wow, man. Like you could be a, like it sounds like Mr. Ed. Now that I think about it, um, and he looks like a green Sasquatch. Yeah, and but he turns he he transforms from like what looks like just it doesn't even look like a bush, <laughs> so much it looks like a big like pile of green hair is what it looks like almost, and then he just kind of magically fades into a Sasquatch man that's green and good lord that this is. A, <laughs> This is so filmation. It is. Man, that that needs to be a hashtag. <laughs> hashtag so filmation. <laughs> oh man. And your filmation is showing. Orko sees what they're doing, this experiment, and he tries to replicate. He's like, I can do that. You guys don't need this machine. That's why you need me around, right? I'm Orko. For remember me, right? You're not gonna leave me behind next time. And so he tries to replicate stuff, and of course he fails because that's what he does almost every time he tries to use Watch magic. It. Watch I'm, it. Look, I'm not judging. I'm just saying he usually doesn't he, succeed. He doesn't. No, all. he's just... Here's the thing. Orko, <laughs> this is episode 115. In episode one, he failed at every magic he tried to cast. This is 115 episodes later. He's still failing consistently. How long has he been trying magic? Maybe maybe it's just time to give it up, man. <laughs> he's like an actor that's like, you know, 60 years old. He's lived in L.A. 40 years, and he's never gotten a part besides that one commercial right. in 1960 or whatever. It's like, dude, maybe it's... Time to look into some, uh, I don't know, some kind of business training, some kind it's of job, it's, it's get time a job counselor. Yeah, it's time to switch gears <laughs> yeah, just a little just bit. Just look into go. something else. Do it on the side. Get something to support that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but th I have to play this because what happens when I listen to the audio later, 
taken out of context, not knowing what was happening. I want, uh, Travis, I want to get your opinion on what it sounds like maybe happened here. Orko. Sorry. <laughs> what does that sound like would happen to you? We have squishy sounds, Orko. Sorry. Um, he walked in some oil. That's it. Oh wow. Okay. No, he masturbated on everyone. Whoa. Whoa. I'm fine. I'm looking for somewhere in between okay. the two. Yeah. I'm looking for maybe he pooped like ten times and okay. then man in arms said Orco. Okay, so he says Orco. He says he says sorry that way another time in this episode, and I realized the second time he said it, yeah. Orco is Urkel. Yeah. From Family Matters. He's that's his saying. That's him saying, Did I do that? That's which I sound more like maybe George Bush saying that than Urkel, but that's sor- sorry. Oh, is that his, was the worst Did I Urkel do that? impression. Oh, yeah, ever. yeah. Well, I, I didn't it. hold my nose. Did I do that? See, I'm still not going to get that high because allergy season, you know? Yeah. But Orko just, he, he can't catch a break with the spells. Um, but here's the thing. So they decide, Man at Arms actually just literally says, Enough experimenting for today. That's a, I guess put, that's what scientists say at the end up. of the day. Put it up right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're off. But the thing is, they've been watched this whole time by some stalkers in the shadows. One whom we've met before. This better be worth it, Whiplash. <laughs> See for yourself, Skeletor. This is going to be fun. With that machine, I could duplicate anything. There would be no limit to my power. power. <laughs> so all these new characters are introducing... At or, random. And and Skeletor can just get right up close to everyone. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he can just be right by the, the palace and just hang out. Yeah, huh? like, I mean, he can just go anywhere. Like, that's the thing is, like, what, he's so bad at stealth. You can yeah. never take... He's supposed to be... He's not, in like, I don't know, 20 feet from them. Yeah. Basically yelling <laughs> just, at the top of his just, lungs. Just peels back the, the grass yeah, right and there. Yeah, he's just like, this better be worth it. Just, I mean, he's breathing hot fire from the start. That's the first thing he says in the episode is, this better be worth it. Top of his lungs reverbed out, like always. Magically reverbed out. Yeah. And the new guy, Whiplash, I had this, this guy's uh, toy. And just the worst design ever. He's got, like, he's got, like, the... The turkey neck going. Yes. He's got like almost a unibrow. <laughs> totally forgettable voice. Just this is going to be fun. Like not even. I feel like that had more character than he what he actually yeah. delivered, man. And I mean, I like the again. I liked the toy because he had like um. It was the same mold as the bumblebee man, <laughs> and they had like stripes across their chest. So there was a lot of texture to it. <laughs> I sound like I had a, a learning def- deficiency as a child. It's good. It's good and textural for this kid, this dumb kid. Oh, you're too much. And Skeletor, he says these things that are just completely unnecessary. Like later on, he says, they're going to land in the jungle. Like that's exactly what's beneath them. <laughs> like he just, he he really says the most obvious things right. at the worst times in the worst way. He He really should be a guy behind the scenes. Like, he's that guy that inherited the company from his father. He should just let, sit back and let everybody do their work, you yeah, know, because he's a he's a bungler. Mm. He's exactly what he calls other people. He surrounds himself with people that he's disappointed in all the time. What does that say about him, that he chooses them? And I don't know where the rest of the evil warriors are, by the way. Like, we just got Whiplash and then some other two guys that don't even talk later. And, yeah. of course, our special guests for the episode that we'll get to in a minute. But yeah, that's our introduction to Skeletor in this episode. And I just, I I was immediately laughing. Like he just, he's like Mick Jagger jumping out on the stage and just belting it out. He's yep. just like, yeah, I'm, I'm Skeletor. Yeah. No doubt about it. <laughs> but he wants, he wants that machine so bad. And I, I, I don't, 
I really don't know what his plan actually is, even by the end of the episode. He just wants to become king of Eternia, and he's going to use this machine to do it. So they set off after He-Man. He-Man and Man-at-Arms are taken off in some kind of flying vehicle, and then Skeletor and Whiplash are right after them. The machine that they're in, it's just like a black ball, I guess, like with yeah. this whipping metal, thick metal red thing that's just spinning around, <laughs> around it, yeah. and it's making... The whole time I'm gonna play it because this is the same one of the same sound effects. It's from the same library that we played last time we talked about okay, the show. Yeah. It's like the cartoon wubba 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 sound, and it's just on loop the whole time they're in this machine. Hurry, faster, faster! This rain blaster will jam the Wind Raiders' engines. They'll have to land. Yeah, totally. <laughs> just like you're you're spinning the bolo over your head or whatever. The whole or you're. You're the big, strong guy, and you're the little guy. You're whipping them around over your head before yeah. you throw them out of the club or whatever. The whole time, just wah, 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 the yeah. whole time. And of course, Skeletor is giving instructions that no one needs to give. I'm sure Whiplash <laughs> is driving as fast as he can so he doesn't have to hear Skeletor <laughs> tell him to do something. Because God knows you get so tired of that voice yeah. all day long. Just where's my dinner? <laughs> <laughs> But see, that's something that villains, t especially the main villain in shows, tend to do. Like, if somebody's doing something they're already... They're Captain Obvious pants. They're, and they're just telling somebody to do exactly... It's like when you tell a dog, yeah, hump my leg. Like, they're already doing it. You don't have to give them... Stop micromanaging. Let, let them take care of the business. You saying faster, he's like, oh, okay, good idea. Just, like, pushes the thing a little <laughs> faster, bit faster. Faster! Didn't think of that. <laughs> well, they shoot He-Man's plane or whatever it is, and... They don't know what causes them to fall. Did you see that? Yeah. Man at Arms, the smart one of the group, apparently, he still he's like, I don't know why we've lost power. They were just shot with a laser that makes a noise. They don't even look behind them to see what possibly happened. And they start crashing into the swamp and Skeletor and them and uh, Whiplash, Whiplash go right after him down into the swamp. And this is where our first appearance of He-Man of the episode comes in. I clocked it at... Five minutes and 14 seconds. Not bad. They got to it fairly quick, yeah. I would say. Uh, yeah, they didn't have to screw with anything. They're just right. like, no, you know, you know what the kids want? They want He-Man. Of course, it's the exact same animation, audio, everything that you will see every time. You see the Castle Grayskull behind them, even though they're in a swamp. Like, the spatial stuff doesn't work. <laughs> it's just like, it's all representational of what's actually happening, I guess, which is just him losing his clothes and putting on a red... <laughs> A red loincloth. By the way, what's the what's the deal? What's the deal with <laughs> He-Man? Now Cobra Commander is going to get in on this. <laughs> what's the deal with He-Man's chest symbol? Like it's this red cross, and I I just now started thinking about it when I watched the episode. Either he's a Christian warrior or he's a Nazi because the Iron Cross is what it looks like. It looks like the like the famous Iron Cross. Could symbol. he have Celtic roots? I mean. He definitely looks, I mean, he looks Scandinavian, is what he looks like. He, if, I don't know what color his eyes are, but if they're blue, he probably would have been popular, you yeah. know, back at that time, sort of spreak. <laughs> Princey well, fingers. I just, I, it's just a question. I'm sure I could look it up, but I'd rather pontificate on it. Okay. Take a big pontification right all oh, over it. Oh, man. Ooh, pontification. <laughs> <laughs> You're part of that generation. I'm still, I'm still infected. It's going to take me some me time. Maybe this filmation February will kind of help ease that out. <laughs> I hope so. Okay, this whole thing that happens, like, He-Man, they're stuck in a tar pit in the swamp. Hey, you know how we know that he's stuck in a tar you pit? You tell me. Uh, because Skeletor says it. We're in a tar pit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yeah, everybody, and this is, you can watch this and be blind and be set, pretty much. Like, yes. the, the level of 
on-the-nose bullshit that happens. Like, yes. you know, you could describe it in detail afterwards. Well, so they're in a tar pit, and He-Man needs to pull their... <laughs> Their sky car is stuck yeah. in the tar, and so he's got to pull it out with some kind of rope, like that must be made out of Eternian hemp or something. It's very powerful. Like it's not like He Man is barely able to get the thing. He's pulling so hard yet he can barely get it out of the tar. Like he's the strongest man in the universe. I put that down, man. Like what? Like seriously? How hard could it be? It's just you, tar. Yeah, you can't pull it out. I you mean, can juggle it. When in previous episodes, you're, you're you're throwing you're throwing spaceships like out into the galaxy. It's uh, it's Transformers law. Yeah, Transformers bill. <laughs> Covers him as well, I guess. It's so He's weird. only as strong as is necessary for the plot to move along. Yeah. We're going to find that over and over again in any of these. I wish we hadn't covered it so well because we're not going to get as much You're juice out of it. as strong as the plot requires. requires and not, to move along. And no more than will still allow for conflict in the plot. We need, we need to write that down like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did, you know, just substitute He-Man for Transformer. Yeah. And the way that he gets the thing back up in the air doesn't make, unless Eternian physics are different he just pulls okay like so, a kite uh, he does a kite situation yeah, with except it. this thing has got away at least a ton it's a metal a flying vehicle and all he man does is just pull it along the the ground at a fast enough speed that it just starts to levitate and then finally for some reason the engines kick back in nothing's been repaired is orco not hovering inside of the hover oh that's a craft? good point maybe <laughs> he, he could he is weightless inside the craft why doesn't I he try to cast some magic on it this yeah. once just maybe <laughs> Maybe he did it silently. Maybe he doesn't like to take credit, yeah. but it just does not. It's so funny because it, it is. you're exactly right. It is like a kite, except there's nothing to catch wind. It's just yeah. like, it just starts flying because you're pulling it. It's like if you pulled a boulder fast enough, it would just start floating in the air. <laughs> it's essentially what happens. Yeah. Well, they do this great thing. Um, I want to play it because it'll make more sense to hear it first, but I would say sitcom to the max, this little bit right here. You sitcom bastard. Nice going, He-Man. Nice going, Whiplash. <laughs> They've gotten away while we're Gee, how'd that happen? <laughs> That's the first of two, what I called in my notes, the scale yell. Yeah. Uh, it's really like a Macaulay Culkin, like Kevin McAllister. <laughs> like he slaps his hands on either side of his skull yeah. face. He's just so frustrated. And, 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 and the, the part Will's talking about, they're actually falling into the tar pit deeper. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> I don't know how they got out. I don't know if they retrieved their vehicle or not. It just, the next time we see them, everything's fine. With, with For me, being a 34-year-old 34, 34 man, I would have loved to have seen um, them actually go through that scene. And that'd be a whole Absolutely. show. <laughs> I've been a part, I've gone off-roading and had someone have to, like, we had to get someone else to tow us out. Yeah. Like, I would love to see the equivalent of that. Like, he calls Evil Lynn and she comes, like, in her little car or whatever and she's like, God damn, this thing again. Yep. It happens three times a week. Would have loved to have seen that. I'd love to see, yeah, Skeletor's daily life, because we hear later some things that kind of give us an idea that Skeletor does have a life outside of what we see on He-Man, and it seems like he's just up to shenanigans 24-7. <laughs> like, he's he probably lives like a toddler. Like, he wakes up in PJs and just rubs his eyes with his teddy, his little Skeletor teddy, and then he gets up, he's like, what am I going to do today? And then just makes makes plan evil plans from the morning, and just, people just give him what he wants. I don't know why they, I think if every one of the evil warriors that he gets together worked without Skeletor, they could probably have already conquered Eternia. But they're all listening to this guy. And I mean, I love him, but he's a fuck up. Like, I really, truly love him. I don't want him to change. Like, one of the first things I wrote, even during the opening, was that I feel like He-Man just doesn't defeat Skeletor for good because he's too fun to have around. Yeah, It's almost a Batman-Joker thing, but it's like reversed. He's like, no, I just love this guy. I gotta let him do his thing. He makes Eternia 
tick. That's right. He is the beating heart of Eternia. <laughs> yes. He's the heart and the soul of it. Well, he really, I mean, he's funnier than anybody else who tries to be funny on the show. Whether yeah. he's trying to be or not, he's funny. He is right. just constantly funny. And seeing it coming, seeing that voice coming out of this skeleton, this beefy skeleton man. I don't know. It's such a weird combo that they did there. Because he, like, he, he could be um, a very scary character. Yeah. And if you put a skeleton, we said last time. We did a PSA essentially about it. Yep. Skeletons are not uh, to be trifled with. Yep. They're yep, yep, scary. Yep. They're just straight up scary. And when you put them on a black nailed blue beefy body, oh man, you you got another thing coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we don't know how they get out of the swamp, but yeah, we'll see them later. They're fine. And then we cut over to the courtroom of e- Royal Eternia. And that's where Prince Adam's he man's parents are seeing some people oh, having a having a uh, a council. This this was the main character dump I was talking about. This is so funny, dude. I uh I I need to say really quick before I let it go. When they showed the courtroom from the outside, the building, yeah, it yeah. looked like Cybertron. It did. From Transformers. Like it looked it didn't look like what they showed us in the first no, episode. Not at all. I don't know where they are. Do you think maybe Filmation lost the um the cell? <laughs> they no. lost the cell. I don't because I feel like <laughs> they they relied so much on that limited animation that they guarded because they had to reuse stuff all the time. Right. So they really guarded that stuff closely. You think they used it so much that it deteriorated? It fell apart. <laughs> it fell apart. They had to sketch Lou it. Lou had to like just paint one up really quick. He seems like he wore many hats at that he, he company. Was in the bathroom just <laughs> yeah, just sketching uh, you know something real fast. I, although I, the only thing I would change, I don't think he was ever nervous. I don't know why that's how I characterize him. It seems like whatever he had thrown at him, he, he was good. He would just yeah, he would just deal with it. Like they bullshit. There's a great story. We'll tell another on another podcast. Podcast about how they got that Superman gig. They totally bullshitted their way through it. It's great. I yeah, love it. Definitely, man. Yeah, like a voice actor calls in. Yeah. sick. He's like, uh, I got this. I'm okay, good. I'll take care of it. I'll, I'll do it later the tonight. Voice right here, guys. <laughs> it's the same. Moss Man everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> this is good, right? <laughs> All right. So I'm only going to give us a short introduction to these folks. I don't know what their um, race is called. I don't think they're named in the show, <laughs> but uh, they look like like. The Berenstein Bears are wearing Jetson clothes. I put Berenstein Bears yeah, here, man. And they they they're bear people and they they're just bears, really, cartoon bears. They look so cartoony, they don't look like they fit into the world of Eternia at all. And they look like they were rejects from another cartoon <laughs> that Filmation was developing, like right. a Smurfs type show, you know, where there's just a race of whatever little creature. And it fell through. Yeah, and they like, or, yo, or, shit, throw out fly him over here. Or it was gonna cost Lou too much money to make. So he's like, you know what? We'll just put it in He-Man and yeah, call it a yeah, day. Yeah, it's a smash them together. Yeah. They, we're about to hear their their rap, I guess, about what's going on because they've come to the king to, I guess, to appeal to him. I don't know what he could do about their situation once you hear it. It's like, but their premise is such a mishmash of little things. It's like, again, it is the CC's soda machine suicide of premises, right? For these characters that, as far as I know, from what I looked up, showed up once. Many wild animals roam our forests. In order to gather food without being caught by these animals, our people must become invisible. How do you do that? Bambite! To become <laughs> invisible, we must have... Bambite! But the supply of Bambite has been mysteriously disappearing. This is our very last piece, and it has very little power left. Unless we can find more. There, there's no future for our people. We'll all starve. I've actually cut that down a bit from the original version, but Wow. I wonder, was Filmation like at their peak with this and like they could they could do this kind of stretched out storyline or was this like were they really like just just trying to find a premise 
You know what I mean? Like, I mean, was I'm this guessing. I'm guessing it's it's really just like, yeah, we're we've done 115 episodes. What do we do for this one? Yeah, we got to have something. So like, whatever we need, we'll create because this whole thing sets up a reason for this character to be involved. And then for him to give He-Man an invisibility power and et cetera, et cetera. It is a setup. Like it's it's like you can see all the seams on the story, like sewn together. But man, I got we gotta talk about this. So they're bear people who live in the forest, apparently. They have to get their food from the forest. They have clothes that look very uh, relatively yeah. modern, but they're still on the forest hunting uh, system. <laughs> and and they And there's predators that will eat them. The bears. Yes. And the predators are such that the only solution that they can think of is to use an ore that occurs naturally to turn invisible. Yep. Here's here's what I wrote. I have to quote myself on this. <laughs> okay. If your society can't survive without invisibility gems, maybe you should rethink a few things. Or maybe it should die out. Darwinism. Can I quote me yes. on this? Um, Travis quoted, they have to be invisible to do what? To, ga <laughs> to gather food? Maybe that is natural selection. Ah, okay, we're on the same. <laughs> Seriously, like how many... I mean, there's probably a lot of cultures and animals that, you know, That's died funny. out for a reason that should have had invisibility. If they had it, they would still be around, but they're not. And guess what? The world's just fine. Do anything. Like, if you're out of ideas after one try, it's like, what are we going to do about this? Invisibility. Great. Oh, we can't do that anymore. Oh, shit, I'm out of ideas. I think I even said that with, like, food in my mouth. Because <laughs> it was that surprising. Right. He did yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Yeah. yeah, it's just, I mean, truly, truly nutso, yeah. like what's going on. There's just so much packed into it, but I, it's all for the purpose of serving the plot. Prince uh, Adam has arrived and he hears all of that and he's going to help out. They're going to try to use man at Arms's machine to replicate that one little piece of what the hell is it called? Bambite? Bambite! Yeah, that kid. Okay, so just to give you guys an idea, there's three bears, a mom, a dad, and a baby. And the baby is the one that keeps saying, Bambite! And other things like that. It's, it's not a funny joke. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, filmation. Uh, and their names, the dad who's going to keep appearing is named Jova. Yep. The mom is named Jeda, G-E-D-A, and the baby's name is Jade. Uh, just to, <laughs> for posterity's sake. They're going to use the machine to replicate that little bit of ore that they have left because they're running out of this ore that lets them turn invisible to do their stupid stuff that they do. Bam bite! And right then, Skeletor pulls a complete Bugs Bunny on them. <laughs> he pulls, you know, when you, you see the saw appear in a wooden floor underneath what you yeah, want? Yeah, or I yeah. guess, I'm, I don't know, is that like what? Yeah, that is a Bugs Bunny, yeah. That's definitely Bugs. It's being done with a heat gun, I think is what he says, a trusty heat gun, but he just cuts out the... the a space of the courtroom underneath the machine, and it falls into what apparently are the catacombs beneath the castle, which are kind of like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sewers, as in, like, it's just building, floor, catacomb. Right. Like, that's just immediately underneath it. There's no structural integrity no, underneath No, what's the that? infrastructure? <laughs> they don't understand, like, the king should have done, this is his fault for yeah. not making it yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Skeletor says something here, I just found this so interesting, Skeletor has major beef with Jova. Like, he treats him like shit and is so happy to be doing something against him. Mm -hmm. Listen to this and think about what Skeletor's life is like to be having conversations like these. <laughs> ah, I see Jova is also here. The same Jova who refused to help me steal the diamond of Lockmead. What? Big Bambite, do you? You look frightened, Jova. You have good cause to be. I don't forget those who refuse to help me. 
my people never steal. Silence, you soon-to-be prisoner. <laughs> you soon-to-be prisoner? <laughs> oh, man. Good Lord, Skeletor. He's got he's got jokes. He's coming with jokes. For days. But, dude, son. like, the way he's like, oh, I remember you. You screwed me over. Like... Skeletor had an interaction with this this bear man. I guess he was going to have him steal whatever the, right. the whatever the thing of Loch Ness what, or Loch Loch Mead. Loch he Mead, said. yeah. What is that? Mead. It just so weird that Skeletor is living this life where he's getting people to steal, th- trying to get people yeah. people who are not <laughs> evil. Like get one of your guys. I'm sure you have a guy who can steal out of any of the ten thousand figures that they made. I know choose a guy. one of them instead of this bear man with a dwindling supply of invisibility gems. Yeah. He's clearly an idiot, by the way. Like he would f- screw it up if he went and did it. I want to hear that conversation where he goes without He-Man present, where Skeletor goes to Jova. Jova, you bungling fool! You must turn invisible and steal the diamond of Loch Mead for me! <laughs> how much, how hard did he push, even? Like, this guy, probably you could make him do something. like, if, Or you could trick him into it. Yeah. If you're just smart enough. Just silly. This is where we get our second He-Man transformation of the show. I'm going to mark it at 8 minutes and 57 seconds. Transformation number 2. <laughs> Only two of them this episode. Keep it tally. I like it. Well, here's the thing. They do the exact full animation, same audio, (laughs) the whole thing over again. It wastes like a minute. Now, I know as a kid, it probably was like, yeah, they're doing it twice. I get to hear it twice. But as a a man watching it now, it does seem like a joke almost that they would play the whole thing. You're like, Like, come on. Yeah. Like I, I expected them to cut it halfway through and just be like later and then get to the next thing. Like, okay, yeah, we know he's He-Man now. Yeah. Great. He's going to take two, what are to me, new characters uh, with him. One is a a character and one is both a character and a vehicle. They are (laughs) Mechanek. Such a stupid character. His name sounds like an insult, like pencil neck. Like, you (laughs) Mechanek. Terrible. And by the way, like, I remember the, the toy He's got the body of He-Man, but yeah. he's he's he, everyone. Everyone has has he, the body of here, He-Man. I'll go one further. Okay, every character seems to be built from a library of body parts and clothing items because Mechanic not only has He-Man's body, but he has his boots too, just a different color. <laughs> so it's like there, it's like those things where it's like you can cut out a paper doll that you can put clothes on and do different outfits for yeah. in magazines. It's just like they did that with a library of things and then repainted them. I don't know, but they only have so many <laughs> torsos and. and and abdomens and everything. It's so silly. Yeah. Um, and then they'll draw a new face sometimes, or half a new face, maybe. Um, but Mechanet can stretch his neck up really high on a, it's metal. It's just the worst it's, power, it, skill, it, it whatever. It comes in, in handy quite a bit in this episode. Yeah. And you also get to meet Attack Track, a tank slash van that looks kind of like the mystery machine from Scooby-Doo from the side. And you see it in profile like that perfectly. Yeah. Looks like you missed one, me! Yeah. Attack track. Are we still on Skeletor's trail? Of course we are. Looks like Skeletor set up a few laser mines in our honor. This field's probably full of them. Careful, there's one up ahead. Feel your right, attack track. I've already noted that mine and adjusted our course. You can rest your neck, Mechanic. You can rest. He's got for, jokes too. For a show where there's castles and palaces, 
Everyone here is so cutting edge with technology. He-Man is just like a caveman <laughs> surrounded by science fiction. Basically, yes. like Mechanex seems to be at least a cyborg. Yes. He has a he has Knight Rider essentially. I mean, Skeletor is only shooting rays. <laughs> yes, he, he. I mean, to my account now, I've seen him come up with ten different ray names. Yeah, this whole thing is based <laughs> Lasers, around a machine. Ray, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it is it's funny how much sci-fi. I mean, it's just. It's a suicide, man. It's whatever it takes. It's everything. It's everything you want in one place. It's a one-stop yep. shop. Is yep. is the He-Man and the Masters in the Universe? Yeah, but he, he is a caveman, though. You're right. He's only like he he doesn't use any of that shit. He's just a man with a sword. Me go boom, boom. Exactly. It's just he. I mean, and that's kind of how they originally they he was kind of a Conan rip originally, and then it's just when he came to filmation. They were like, well, we can't make that character. He's too violent. The way he's being portrayed in the comics at the time, Lou was largely the one that was spearheading the idea of him being Prince Adam, like on the side, and being this do-gooder instead of just like a wandering bar barbarian. So there's a version of He-Man out there that's like pretty much Conan the Barbarian, <laughs> just does whatever he wants, you know? And I fit more fitting of the character design, maybe, but of course we wouldn't have had this gem. This gem that we're dealing with yeah. right now. Um, yeah, the attack track, I hope he makes lots of appearances. He is essentially Knight Rider from Knight Rider or whatever with, the guy's with, the thing's with name. With red wheels that don't even make sense the way they move on no, the bottom. No, it has like Spider-Man powers <laughs> because it goes on, it, it reaches the edge of this crevice or whatever yep. and then just goes down horizontal or vertically, goes across, goes up vertically, no problem. Uh, he definitely has an attitude. Rest your neck, mecha neck. Ooh. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to get juiced up again mm -hmm. <laughs> on Eternity of Juice. And then we're going to come back and we're going to tell you about what happens next. Because what happens next is truly the meat of this episode. But Skeletor's got his hands on that machine. And what he does with it, you this, is, this is like clickbait. What happens <laughs> next will blow your mind. Yeah. Nature of the beast. beast. Discover the ugly truths and dark secrets, secrets. of true crime, the paranormal, the occult, and conspiracy. Join your guides for weekly episodes and face the true nature of the beast. Days past Tooncast, we're back. Mm -hmm. Talking about He-Man episode 116, brought to you on this filmation February. M-O-T-U. The Motu. <laughs> there's a there's a audio uh, company called Motu, actually, which is why I say that every time. Yeah. Do you know what you want to know what that stands for? It sounds like some He-Man shit. What is it? Mark of the Unicorn. That sounds like Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know, and I'm an audio guy. Like, why did they name it that? I swear they were just nerds in the 70s that read like, Lord of the Rings, and then... You're like, but I have been working for them for, like, two for years you two now. Years, so don't, don't release this part. <laughs> don't release this intro. Yeah, don't tell them anything yeah. like that. No, we're talking about the Masters of the Universe and the Skeletors here, there, and everywhere. We're about to find out why this episode is called that. Yep. So, Skeletor <laughs> has the duplication machine that Man-at-Arms designed that and created. That he stole Bugs Bunny style. Now, keep in mind, the duplication machine creates a half-sized version of whatever you put inside of it. <laughs> and for some reason, Skeletor's plan is to duplicate himself. Finally, our chance to test the machine. It may not be long before Eternia has a new king. Me! <laughs> Again! Quiet, Skeletoids, you wonderfully 
know what you must do. Off to the palace of Randor. It will soon be mine. All mine. <laughs> Here comes King Skeletor. Oh, man. Yeah. He is... <laughs> He's laughing after each one. Everything, I love it. yeah, Again. yeah, yeah. I love that part. It's so like it's like a it's like a very snobby uh, spoiled kid that's yep. like enjoying the ride that yep. his parents like are forcing the poor carny guy to yeah. like run it personally just for him, and then he yeah. goes once like, okay, you had a good time, <laughs> yeah, again. A weird turn, I would say, but very, very it's characteristic so funny, of him. Man. He's great. Everything he says, me. <laughs> it's like, just in case you didn't know, me. And then they call. He's so obsessed with being king. I don't get it, man. Why? Who cares? Like, what does he think his life is gonna? How is his life gonna change as king? What does he think King Randor's life is like that he wants so bad? <laughs> does he think the policies <laughs> need to change or something? You can do that another way. That's true. You don't have to be king. To do that, he he must be very insecure. Yeah. This is self inside <laughs> to be fronting like this all the time. Although I do like to think that he's not at all. He's no more deep than you just get on the surface, which is that he's Skeletor. He wants to be king. <laughs> so, yeah, you haven't heard them yet, but Skeletor steps in and starts making the cutest little Skeletor guys. Pint-sized little cuties, They are man. just adorable. You want to pick them up and just, like, carry them on your shoulders. Yep. Yeah, and take them to the kiddie pool. <laughs> They are, they're great. And again, I don't know what his, like, he alone doesn't seem to do that much, even though he's very powerful. He doesn't ever work on his own. So why would a bunch of him be a good idea? <laughs> like, I, he does get some use out of him. <laughs> but right. Like, it's not, I don't, I just don't get how that's the first thing you do with it. He might be better off if he copied someone else. Someone else <laughs> copied some weapons, copied some animal. I don't know. Just, I don't, I, that's just not the first thing I would think to do. But he, I don't know, maybe he's the ultimate egotist, you know, and so he's just like, yes, of course, more me. But I mean, I'm very thankful because I do think every He-Man should have more Skeletors in it. Yeah. So <laughs> it should. And l we're gonna hear them in a second. Uh, he calls them Skeletoids right away. <laughs> like he had he, the name prepared. He, he, yeah, he did. He thought about yeah. it. And here's the thing: as we go along, somehow I guess he sends out a memo or so a smoke signal to somebody because everyone else in the world also is calling them Skeletoids without ever having been around him yet. When King Randor talks about Skeletoids, he has not been around Skeletor since the Skeletoids were created. Yeah. How does he know to call them this? How does anyone know to call them that? But everyone just agrees that's what they are. They're Skeletoids. I, I, I'm fine with it. I like the name. Just want to know how it happened. It's, so, it's just accepted. Mm, so funny. When he first makes them, they all walk off screen and they follow him. Yeah. He walks off screen they follow him. They're just, it's just the exact same animation shrunk down and they're walking even in unison like they're marching just the exact same animation it's so weird it's like it's like a mama duck and her ducklings yeah just walk crossing the street but it's just a skeletor and his his skel skellings skeletons um, skellies skellies <laughs> yeah and uh i mean it's, it is just adorable and it's so funny to see and you really see that's some limited animation at work right there big time all right he-Man's headed back to the castle. They've realized that they should just head back to... They go back and forth to Skeletor's place in the castle like three times in this. It's really kind of... <laughs> All over the place. Yeah, just make up your mind. They're like, get yeah, a plan. Yeah, they're wasting Go time. do it. Yeah, they're just all over the place. They just wanted to use the attack track because it was new that year or something. Either that or they're trying. To, they're trying to get away from Orko. <laughs> uh, probably so. Because he doesn't go with them. Yeah, he didn't go with them. I don't blame him. Just need a break. I like the guy. Like I said, 
But they go back to the castle and they're greeted by what looks like a convention of skeletoids. Like they're just standing around kind of talking. Yeah, talking. I, I put here a, co- a cocktail party. <laughs> yes, of, of, uh, absolutely. Skeletors. They're wondering like when skeletor. I mean, it's like they're just waiting for their boss to show up and give a speech about how the good they've done this year. I could have sworn one what, like had his arms folded yeah. and were, like just talking with the group with the crew, you know? Yeah. One just shoots like this wall, but just kind of just like uh, casually just like to test out because they all have <laughs> they all have little ram headed uh, like staffs just like Skeletor has. Like it yeah. wasn't because I guess he brought his staff into the machine with him. So it's just so perfect. I mean, I could Lord, you don't get better than this. It's not at it's all. It's not any better. So filmation. Hashtag so filmation. Oh, you're being so filmation right now. Some of them are just pitched up a little bit. Some of them sound like I don't like you. You said during the thing, minions. Yeah, like like they just sound like just like little cartoonish. And you're right. How how, how they know that Skeletoids was going to be the name? Well, not only that, but now why do they why do they not think they're Skeletor? If they're a copy of Skeletor, Correct. why don't they all think they're Skeletor? Yeah. If it's a perfect copy, just a smaller version. Yep. And la- yeah. Later on, they make reference to that again too. It's, yeah. It's just it's just a. I mean, you know, th- it was not okay. Here's the thing. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe was not meant to carry the weight of these questions. Yeah. It was not designed that way. It's not, its back is not strong enough for that. They, they, they don't even want it. Like, when no, they're no, leaving no. their house to, to answer those questions, yeah. they have a hoodie over their head. This, they, they, we don't want this. If this, this was a press, if this was a press conference, yeah, yeah. they would they would deny us once, and then they would just leave the press yeah. conference. No, 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 no questions, more questions, please. No yeah. questions, please. <laughs> or the mic wouldn't work or something. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> they would have us removed. Or chest pains. <laughs> Lou would have yeah. chest pains. <laughs> he would just have us quietly removed uh, uh, by yeah. some kind of yeah. What all He Man can do, really, and and Mechanek and Battle Cat is just run away. They just run away from him. I swear He Man could take that many tiny Skeletors. Like I don't know what his deal is that he has such a problem with them. Their voices are great. I really love. They look like a little like uh, skull faced pygmy tribe. Like when they're running at them, uh-huh. they use the same shot <laughs> twice. Just a bunch of skeleton, mini Skeletors, Skeletoids running at you, and they use like the same animation twice. And the voices just, <laughs> it sounds like little meat wads or something like that. Yeah. And it seems like the Skeletoids are almost more mischievous than Skeletor. Like, that's another twist, is that they're kind of, like, happy. I mean, he's already happy-go-lucky to be Skeletor. They're even happier to be little Skeletoids. Like, that is the joy of their life, is just to be Skeletoids. Yep. If we could all only be so happy with ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> they get together with Jova and basically make a plan that they're going to turn invisible with the last of his gem's strength so that they can sneak into <laughs> Skeletor's castle and and do what they need to do. Yeah. Okay, they're going to sneak past the skelet- Skeletoids out there. So they send Orko out to distract them and with magic, and then he knocks them all out by dropping a bunch of berries on them. If they're invisible, why do they need him to distract them? Or if they've he's knocked them out, why waste that gem's power on being invisible until you get to the castle? Sure, or if you need someone to come in in crunch time, why pick Orko? Because he's going to screw it up. Because he's done, he's done no magic trick. That's absolutely true. Right yet. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, it seems like he comes through when you when you have to rely on him. But again, Transformers rules, I think, are, can be applied here. But yeah. yeah, seriously, just you would never think to like you wouldn't ask him to pick you up at the airport. You would assume he'd be late. <laughs> just saying, not reliable, yeah. not mm-hmm. not consistent. All right, when they go to Skeletor's castle, or I, I guess they're at Snake Mountain, is what it is. They, He Man, Battle Cat, Mechanic, 
they hear two Skeletoids talking to each other. This is another piece of what I would call X-Men level exposition. You might as well call it letter X dash position because <laughs> they're just saying exactly what you need to know at that moment. He-Man's response to it clearly highlights it as such. Where's Skeletor? Back at Snake Mountain making more replacements. Well, now we know where to find the duplicating machine. <laughs> it's... I mean, asked and answered, you know, it's like just right there for you. I need to know where Skeletor is. Where's Skeletor? He's here. Thanks, guys. <laughs> purely, purely transactional. Yep. <laughs> it's just right there. I want to know. I honestly want to know what their little lives are like working for Skeletor and, and, and the day that they're alive. Because, I mean, it's, they all disappear at the end of this. But, like, why does he even want to know where Skeletor is? I don't know. It just strikes me as weird that they have this conversation. There's a lot going on in there here. There is. There's you know, so And there's much, a movie man. out right now, isn't there, called uh, Downsizing or Downsized or whatever, where there people is. shrink down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it there kind is. of, I don't know, almost, with, <laughs> almost with, uh, relates. With Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And one one doesn't know what Skeletor is up to, and the other one does. Is there like a hierarchy amongst the Skeletoids? Like, are some higher and privy to more information <laughs> than others are? Maybe. I mean, but how this is just a day that I mean, I, I'm assuming this takes place all in like it almost seems like it could happen about three hours, really. Yeah. <laughs> like it really doesn't even have to be a long day. It's true. They're in the cat, the, the Snake Mountain, and there's a guy that was in the courtroom earlier that when Mechanek was there, when Jova was talking to the prince or the king and the queen, and no one named him and he didn't talk and he didn't do anything. This is just a character. This is his first filmation appearance. Yeah. His name is Cyclone. Do you want to take a guess at how that's spelled? Remember, it's Masters of the Universe. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, uh... then I'll tell you. Cyclone. Here, my, my guess was... P-S-Y, like psychic or something like that? Yeah. I, no, it wasn't that. It's S-Y-K-L-O-N-E. <laughs> That's crazy. I That's mean, you're weird, just, man. You're, it's all why? Why? What does yeah. that mean? Couldn't you just call, couldn't you just spell it normally? Or make it see, anyway. I, I, I just, sometimes it's fun. There's stupid little puns. In that case, no, neither of those is a thing. Cyclone is a thing. You could have done it. You could have made him a psychic clone or whatever if you wanted yeah. to. But no, the way you spelled it makes him nothing. When all he is is a blue-skinned man <laughs> with, like, hard hat hair yeah. and a circle on his chest. And he they he's he looks so bummed out when he's chained up against the wall. Like, he's so sad that he got captured. And... They free him, and his power apparently is to create, you know, cyclones. Well, yeah. He spins his arms really fast and eventually turns into a tornado. I just want to hear him because he reminds me of Triclops and his voice. It's just like they're running out of ideas. Uh, their bag of tricks only goes so deep. Cyclone, do your stuff. You got it. You guys get clear. I'll take care of these squirts. <laughs> and that's that sound effect again. Is he a robot? <laughs> I mean, that was my question about Triclops, too, last time, because Triclops has that same stilted, like, I can't speak any faster than this, but it's just a slightly different tone. Right. It's, I, I mean, they really, what is a man or whatever he is that creates winds <laughs> to the create cyclones talk like? I, I guess like this, right? Yeah. Sure. I believe it. <laughs> whatever. Um, Phonetically spelt cy cyclone. Yes. The Skeletoids go to warn Skeletor. I love this little moment because it's like they're his children or he's their babysitter or whatever, the way that they talk to him. Um, it's just, it is truly. No, just, we're not doing that. It's just adorable. Yep. Skeletor, Skeletor, He-Man, Battle Cat, and Jova are approaching. Fool 
They will witness my final assault on Eternia as my captives, of course. Of course. Whiplash uh, getting in there to make sure he backs up the boss. Uh, I just love that. Skeletor, Skeletor. <laughs> like, mom, 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 look at me. <laughs> He's doing this to me. I just, it's so great, man. And all they didn't do is animate him, them, them like pulling on his skirt. Oh, yeah. You know, right? like that's all that didn't get put in there. That's what it, I just, I want to see He Man babies so bad, like a Muppet babies for the Masters of the Universe. I would pay such good, I would finance it. I would go broke financing that. It would be so good. It would be. Wouldn't it? It would. I'm in I mean, agreement. It, that, that'd be pretty good, but I also, we've talked to this before, too. I do want to see Cobra Commander and Skeletor. Well, it'll be one doesn't preclude the other. You know, you can do both. Right. I mean, you can fund that one. I'm funding Okay. Okay. Yep. He-Man Babies. All right. Which just sounds funny. <laughs> He-Babies, maybe. <laughs> babies of the universe? I don't know. <laughs> Bo-Tu. Sorry. <laughs> just wanted to refresh for you. He-Man's approaching, and so Whiplash knocks a bunch of rocks down around them, perfectly forming like a circular barrier around them. The barrier only seems to be about as tall as He-Man, so I think he can pull himself over. Yeah. But here's the thing. The way that He-Man got out of when he was trapped in the swamp, when they downed the plane or whatever in the, in the tar pit, he did like a gigantic jump and a flip. He's a tumbler. He's amazingly <laughs> agile for such a beefy man. Yeah. And he still just like be, did a be, flip. Beyond Olympic standards. They're all tum. All of our great heroes are tumblers <laughs> here at DPTC. It's just true. <laughs> We love gymnasts. And he's yeah. one. So he could just easily jump over this thing. Now he says, we'll play along because I have an idea. I bet they're all like Skeletor and I'm going to use their own hubris against them or whatever. Right. But like, I think he only says that because he feels like he can't get out. He'll play along now. It's like, no, just get out and do what you were going to do. <laughs> you don't have to play along. So they they play along at getting captured. Mm-hmm. And when they're they're in the Skeletor in the Snake Mountain, and Skeletor has this gigantic screen. It looks like a giant iMac. Like it's a huge computer. Yeah. Just a bit like or it actually looks more like a projection television. Like, you know, the like I guess the, the, like two generations ago, those gigantic, like your uncle would have one and he thought it was a good buy at Best Buy, but it's actually very outdated <laughs> and very heavy. Like bet I I know Skeletor thought he got a good deal on this thing. It's actually many it's it, it's very old. <laughs> not yeah. not a good not in yeah. good working condition. It's just so weird to see him with a computer. Like again, it's I, I like this mixture of science and fantasy, science fantasy, but like, it just seems haphazard. Yeah, He Man at this point he sees the plan. He's like, yeah, totally. Conf- he's never, never, he's never not confident that he's gonna win. So it's hard for me to ever feel like he's in danger. He's yeah. the most powerful man in the universe. Yeah, right. But he is going to basically trick them all into fighting with each other. It was his plan all along. Apparently, I, apparently so. I mean, <laughs> until at least once he got captured. Once I duplicate an army of my cohorts, I will be the ruler of all Eternia. I thought they were to be the rulers. <laughs> Aren't you going to reward them for doing your dirty work? Yeah, yeah, what do you mean? You will be the ruler of Eternia. I want to be the ruler. No, it is I who should rule. I've done more than you. I am the most evil. I deserve to control Eternia. I've done more than you two put together. <laughs> I mean, it makes some sense, but, like, he says that as if to say Skeletor and Skeletoids are on either side of things. But what happens is they all fight each other. Yep. Seems like they should just be arguing with Skeletor. Yeah. To me. Like, but, of course, they all get into a fight, and I I love hearing, like, I'm the most evil one. Like, it's this weird villain thing that happens in some of these cartoons where villains just use the word evil to mean cool. Yeah. 
Like, they truly think that evil is good. Like, they they just must be using the word wrong. Yeah. Because no one thinks, like, you don't use evil to just, I mean, evil is something you do not like, whoever you are, whatever your values are. It might be different from mine. Yeah. But they all, they drop all that really quickly. Like, they all manage, I guess they all share a hate for He-Man, ultimately, at the end of the day. Like, because He-Man uses that opportunity with the fight and everything to break free, and he's going to go smash the machine, or so you might think. Um, but when he runs over, this is must-see TV, yeah. I would say. Uh, this is NBC Thursday nights all over again. Here we go. Yeah, because Bring it on. Skeletor, even in this moment of perhaps almost losing, and, and everything seems to be falling apart around him. For one, his Skeletor He's always almost losing. It's true. <laughs> This is barely open. He's like one of those people that you know that you you see and you you love them, but you can't spend too much time with them because they just always have something up. There's yep. always a, a, a problem. The yeah. car's always breaking down. You're like, I don't know what you're doing wrong, but you you need to figure life out. But Skeletor and his Skeletoids are on the same side all of a sudden again because He-Man is free. That's the unifying factor. And uh, Skeletor manages in this moment to rhyme. You're not as smart or as strong as you think, He-Man. Our power drain ray takes all your strength away. <laughs> Give him another. Give him another. Give him another ray of weakness. Again. <laughs> Lord. Of the rays. They are shooting so many rays at He-Man at that point. Tiny rays, big rays. Uh, that, of course, was a collection of... Skeletor gives enough laughter in every episode for me to make at least 30 or 45 seconds, if not a minute, of laughing alone, pretty much. I love If I it. want to. I love his laughing. I lo he, he, he loves life. You see all those... like the posts. fullest. He's, he's about joy. It's about joy. Or evil. He's about evil. He's about the enjoyment of evil. <laughs> the joy of evil. He reads. But to him, joy is it's evil. It's like the joy of joy. cooking, yes. it's, but it's joy of evil. Yes. Okay. So they're all shooting their beams at uh, He-Man, but he still manages. <laughs> Shoot, just shooting shoot them beams. beams. Man, just shooting them beams at that He-Man. He-Man goes over that machine, though. Chassis. Chassis. He-Man goes over that machine, and you wouldn't, even, you wouldn't even guess what he did. He didn't smash it. He stepped inside it. Oh. And out of that stepped the two most cute little He-Man with him. <laughs> little Minimies. With Celtic crosses and all. Exactly. They are just, again, complete copies of him. They, I, they're only around for about 10 seconds. I wish they were in the whole show. Yeah. They are so cute and their voices. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Those little baby voices. Ready, boys? Ready. Ready. <laughs> I didn't add that yell. That was the second Skell yell Ready. I was talking about. <laughs> Ready. <laughs> it's like, they're like holding the Ready. <laughs> and they, uh, I mean, the way they look up at him, they love him because he's so he's such a good man, and they are too. Oh man, it's great. Well, they just like I don't. He doesn't need them. All he does, they all three lift this machine that that call Superman. I went the whole episode with almost almost oh. without doing that. <laughs> the three, the He Man and his mini He Men, lift the machine and throw it to break it. Like didn't have to do that, but of course you couldn't finish the episode without making some <laughs> mini He Men. And when the machine smashes. All the minis disappear. The many He-Men, the Skeletoids. Man. I mean, really, I would almost rather the true He-Man and Skeletor disappear and leave all the little guys. If you have to choose one or the other, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a toss-up. Mm. Um, during all this, Skeletor and Whiplash just run away 
uh, without saying anything else. They just run out of his own headquarters. Where does he go? <laughs> <laughs> like Skeletor just like He-Man just leaves. Why don't it, he should take over Snake Mountain, like repurpose it or something. No, leave no. Some, no. Okay, that's fair. It's like a kid playing a game. It's like, you know what? It's only fair that I leave you your base. I'll leave your base and you come back later when you're done hiding. Just But they just turn. It's like a Scooby-Doo like uh, run that they do. Just sideways. If He-Man took over Snake Mountain... Uh, the show would just be over. I, I know, but... I <laughs> love it. Yeah, just things... Uh, the, he, he condemns it, it's just done. Someone needs to make a, a comic strip that fills in the spaces of what, like, how did they get the, the plane out of the tar pit? How did... What happened to Snake Mountain? Why did he leave it alone? Like, how did Skeletor come back to it? Because he's there next episode, I'm sure. He's right back in, in Snake Mountain. I was going to say Space Mountain, like Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> you know, luckily... We haven't been talking about him, but uh, Jova has been there this whole time, uh, just hanging, I guess. And the machine, when it hit the cave wall of Snake Mountain, reveals a giant deposit of Bambite! Bambite! We don't even have to say anything about that. It's stupid. <laughs> like, why? Why? It had to be. No, I think you should have let the damn bears figure things. Like, they're never going to learn how to provide for themselves if you don't truly provide for themselves, if you don't take away their stupid invisibility. But they get their invisibility gems. They're great. They're fine. And we cut back to the... <laughs> We cut back to the courtroom for our little wrap-up. It seems like every episode is going to have, like, one last little, like, kind of funny moment. And I bet it's usually going to have Orko involved. And this mm -hmm. one does. I think Skeletor I had think a taste Skeletor. of his own medicine when he had to face himself. Literally. A duplicating machine is far too dangerous to have around. Who needs a duplicator when you got me? Single, double, triple, let it be right. Please turn into lots of precious vampires. And again, I didn't do that. That was him saying, uh, did I do that? <laughs> again. As he kills everyone in yeah, the Eternia. Uh, oh, oopsie. <laughs> like his, his magic system is entirely just hopeful sounding rhymes. Where like every rhyme ends with like, I hope this works. Like that kind of upward inflection of like, uh-huh, maybe. I mean, oh, give it All up, right, buddy. Guys. Someone needs to be a, a good friend and tell him it's not working. Yeah. It's not working out. He, yeah. Get a job. Get a job. <laughs> <laughs> he man, I gotta say, in all of the little bits that we hear him, he he just sounds very smarmy and self like self satisfied. Well, a lot he got a taste of himself. The skeletor got too much of his own medicine. Just like <laughs> everything he says has got like this cocked. You know, we talked about it last time. Yep. You have to cock the eyebrow to do it properly. Yeah, he just seems a little too a little too smug. He's a professional horn tutor. <laughs> He's, he's on the pro status. Yes. That. Well, there's only, it's a He-Man show. It's a filmation show, but specifically He-Man, he a He-Man show. A He-Man show. He-Man show. He-Man show. He-Man show. Boderes. He, so you have to have a moral at the end. Once again, I don't know how great it fits the episode. Today we discovered that getting what you want isn't always a good thing. When we like something, it's easy to want more and more. But nearly every time, if you have too much of something, no matter how much you want it, you'll find that it uh, disagrees with you. So next time you see some candy, remember, you can have too much of a good thing. Except me, of course. Right, man in arms? 
We'll uh, talk about it later. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> like, I'm hooked on drugs, man of arms. Orko just really wants someone to love him. <laughs> someone to tell him, you are my friend and you matter. That's all he's looking for. And even and then, even then, man in arms like, we'll talk about it. I'm not going to admit that in front of the audience. Yeah, he, he was actually hiding, trying to get away from Orko. He has, yeah. He, he's, how did you find the studio? Yeah, he was in the closet. Um, the moral about, it's anti-gluttony. I mean, I don't, again, I don't really think that's what Skeletor's problem was here. If he has gluttony, it's for power. It's just in general, like, he shouldn't be seeking the power. Him making little Skeletoids, it wasn't being, it's just like, well, we had a lot of something, so we should do gluttony. Like, because I heard, I read in this book, like, Lou was like, we tried to, like, not just come up with uh, a a moral at the end of the day. After we had done the episode, we tried to, like, weave it into the episode. I don't see that here. I no, see you just wanted to create little guys. And then yeah. and who I don't blame you. That's fine. <laughs> but, like, it just doesn't really quite work. Right. And I really think it would be funny if at the end of all that, just real casually, Man-at-Arms just said, and besides, it's a sin. <laughs> just like, you're like, and then, it, and then Orko looks at him like, what? And then they cut. Like, <laughs> Remember, boys and girls, you'll go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> don't go to hell. Don't be gluttonous. <laughs> Stay in eternity. Yeah, it's like, wow, I never, you know, I never realized how many messages there were in He-Man back in the day. But that, that is the 116th the, the, episode. The yeah. smash cut of Orko just, huh? Yeah. <laughs> just, just yeah. It's a hard, bla- yeah, hard cut afterward. <laughs> Man, yeah. Um, and that is the episode here, there, Skeletor's everywhere. Yeah, it was oh, a masterpiece, guys. Thank I you so much. It. it was, uh, it was written. I forgot to mention this up top. I was surprised. They showed the story, like the the byline, the, who wrote the story, and I was just like flabbergasted. I had to go look it up because it yeah. said written by Cinnamon Dash Wingrod. Huh? Cinnamon Wingrod. I thought it was somebody like came out of a fantasy novel and wrote this He Man episode because it just seems like it would be like a little elf or a gnome or something yeah. like that with the name Cinnamon Wingrod. <laughs> well, and I looked it up, and apparently it was a writing team, um, husband wife writing team. Karen Wingrod and Ken Cinnamon. I still feel like that's a made-up name. I think he's on the lamb. But Ken Cin- Cinnamon. They're, yeah, they're wanted somewhere. Yeah, somebody. Something. They also wrote for GoBots, Mr. Belvedere, and Who's the Boss? Mr. Belvedere? Mr. Belvedere. They were on it at the time, Shout man. Shout out. Yeah. I don't have much in the way of cast trivia because we talked about it the last time we talked about He-Man. There's three main actors and then Lou. Now, I'm going to tell you. Mechanic, Cyclone, Mossman, Jova, Randor, Orko, and Attack Track. That's seven characters. All were played by Lou Scheimer under the name <laughs> Eric Gundon. And that last name he took from his father's original surname, which was Gundensheimer, which is was shortened to Scheimer. Jade, the baby bear, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to call it, uh, was played by Lou Scheimer's daughter, Erica Scheimer. That was one of her early contributions to Filmation, and she also ended up directing voice sessions for Filmation, also on He-Man as well. Wowzers. This is something that relates back to last week's episode Ooh, on jubilation. X-Men. Ooh, jubilation. Sorry. No, you're fine. Okay. That's always appropriate. Okay. <laughs> it will always will be appropriate. It's going to take a long time for that to wash out, <laughs> for sure. Uh, the music on this was provided by none other than Old Cheapskate, Haim Saban, and Saban Entertainment. They were making not very many shows at the time. They were doing animation, but they were lar- they were doing a lot of music. They did music also for Mask, She-Ra, and Jason the Wild Warriors, amongst other shows. So on these Filmation February episodes, we're going to be filling you in on some behind-the-scenes info that we've gleaned from uh, Secret Sources book. Yes. <laughs> the book that I, I, is being most referenced probably is 
creating the Filmation Generation, which is written by the man himself, Lou Scheimer, with help from Andy Mangles. He's going to mangle you. <laughs> That's on uh, Tomorrow's Publishing. They make a lot of cool stuff, and it is a very, it's a great book. Really, really good. Um, just the best. Just book. a great book, if you ask me. Okay, so uh, we talked about what syndic- uh, syndication, first run syndication was. Last time we talked about He-Man, the reason that it was done that way, partly was that nobody was buying the show. None of the networks would just buy the show straight up. But uh, at the time, there were a lot of companies that were producing shows cheaper by shipping the jobs overseas, like Hanna-Barbera was one of them, so they could sell their shows for less money, and that meant that those companies got the work. Like, Filmation was having a bad year, actually, around that time, because they had to charge more because they had to cover their costs. And so Filmation was kind of at the mercy of the networks in that way. Filmation was just having a tough time, and so doing this where they could sell just two stations and not even deal with the networks... That was a really a big power move on their part. It was like a fed up move. Like, I'm tired of dealing with this shit. Filmation would do 65 um, episode seasons so they could run like five days a week and repeat four times a year. And they were on like 91% of all U.S. stations at this point. Yeah. I mean, the coverage they had was just nuts. I mean, the numbers I kept seeing, even if it wasn't 91 is like the highest I saw it. Just like 86, 80, you know, just like that's crazy. That's a lot of stations. The cost to make one of those 65 episode seasons was $14 million, which seems crazy to me, but I mean, animation by hand, you know, I mean, it costs money. It's done here in America, of course. Yeah. Uh, Flamation and Mattel each owned half of the profits from the cartoon. But the thing is, Flamation had this weird, de- I don't know, I, basically, I'm confused, but Filmation owned half, but really that money went to Westinghouse, which was their parent company at that time. They bought them in 82. And so really, they didn't even make a direct profit off the show. So whatever money they made would just go kicked up. So they just made enough to cover their costs and then some profiting off of selling the show overseas and stuff. But it, that when we were asking before, like, how did they cut costs so much and never make like never get okay because they weren't really making a direct profit from the show which is just Lou Scheimer says in the book we didn't realize it at the time but we were getting screwed like that wasn't a good deal because they were doing a lot boy 14 milli for for 65 episodes in 1982 money 1983 that that, that seemed like Lou would probably Lou was probably like yeah he's like (laughs) (laughs) ulcer time every every hospital trip yeah Um, they created Orco, our, our little buddy Orco, j- really just for the kids to relate. Like, that was a filmation creation that they adopted into the storyline of the toys. Yeah. This is just so, so, hashtag so filmation. They're originally going to call <laughs> you're being, him. You're, you're so being filmation yeah, right now. They're originally going to call Orco Gorpo. What? It sounds like 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 a wrestler named like El Gorpo or something. But he they call him Gorpo. But the reason they changed it to Orco wasn't that that was a terrible name and they should have changed it. But they had the experience, okay, with limited animation, you would do these stock, you would keep, like you would do all these animations of characters doing various things, walking this way, flying, whatever they do. And then you would just reuse them in each episode so you didn't have to keep reanimating nearly as much, doing new animation. Well, they had found with Superman, who had an S symbol on his chest, yeah. that they had to reanimate him doing things from the left side and from the right side because they couldn't just flip it because the S wouldn't flip. So with the G, if they wanted to put a G, because they wanted a a thing on his chest really bad, apparently. So if they wanted to put a G on it, they couldn't, they would have to reanimate it twice. So they made it orc (laughs) just to save money, just to make it O, because O is symmetrical. Ridiculous. 
During He-Man's run, Lou Scheimer appeared on Nightline with Ted Koppel, and he was taken to task by the Action for Children's TV, or ACT, uh, which was for being program-length commercials. They were saying that He-Man was essentially just there to sell toys, which I would have agreed with before I read more about it. Like, they really were trying to, like, Lou was big-time into more. I mean, they couldn't have attacked a more moral-based person. I don't, I don't, obviously, all of this is based on his perspective of things, but, yeah. and I've heard that he's a good guy, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a complete asshole. He also took criticism from the National Association for Better Broadcasting, which claimed that it was a violent show, which you and I both know the only punch that He-Man throws is at the very beginning <laughs> at the audience, the camera, <laughs> to start off the show. He never That's hits true. people. He didn't yeah. throw a single punch in this whole thing. And that was a lot of skeletoids that he could have. I, I would have lost it and probably hit somebody. Just demolish. He could have demolished all of yeah, them. Yeah, he would have flattened them. Seems like they just wanted a piece of He-Man. They wanted it beefing with He-Man yeah. and Lou. <laughs> Better check your watch. Because it's time for Travis's Tooncast Toy Hello, everybody out there. Happy Filmation February to everyone who's listening. It's a little toy time. Will? Are you ready? I'm ready for you little have your toys. Are ready? Yes. Let's do this. Yes. All right. Well, first on the docket is going to be a 1983 Masters of the Universe He-Man Mechanic. Yes. Yes, sir. It is sealed and in pristine condition. How's his neck? It's very mecha. <laughs> <laughs> he has a mecha neck, sir. How are his goggles doing? Are they, are they, are they, I mean, they're doing great. Okay. Original goggles. Original goggles. Okay. Original neck. Yeah. <laughs> Boots borrowed from the He-Man collection. Yeah. All yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mech and neck. Man, I wish I, I should have listened to our first episode on He-Man to uh, reacquaint myself, but we're, we're back in the eighties. So the numbers go up a bit. Yeah. Okay. So pristine package. Pristine make, package. <laughs> make, a a make, a make a neck. Yeah. Uh, I'm, ooh, and I'm not using $50 anymore. I'm going to say $70. Hmm. Interesting. You you really find people interesting, <laughs> don't you? Hey, you know what? He-Man r- ruled my life as a kid, dude. <laughs> Let's not it. even go. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, you can get a Mechanic He-Man. You can. <laughs> for $123.70. Oh, that's not, cents, that's not too bad. Yeah, not too, not not, too shabby. I, I've been way further off than that. All right, man. Let's uh, move down the chassis here to a 1983 Masters of the Universe Whiplash. I mean, you'd, if you go to the pet store and you get a lizard, it's like, I guess depending on the kind of lizard. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, he's a dinosaur. Okay, well, how much do dinosaurs cost? <laughs> They're priceless. You know, Travis, I'm going to say $80. Wow. Dude, pretty close. Yeah. You can get a whiplash for eighty-four ten. Man, that's mm-hmm, as good mm-hmm, as I can mm-hmm. do. All right. Uh next on the docket here, sir, is a Masters of the Universe Moss Man. All right. God, those look ugly as sin. It's pretty bad. It's Beast Man with like <laughs> poop freckles on yeah, it. From what I'm looking at right now, it looks it looks looks like a turd in a package right yeah, now. Dude, seriously, it's like they just ax- <laughs> any coloring on him was accidental. It was yeah. just uh, like like spray. I mean, it's not even what I saw in the cartoon. No, 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 no. It's completely different. Yeah, I think it had a texture to it. Yeah, it was like felt feeling. Yeah, maybe that's kind of um, 
relaxing to touch. <laughs> Good texture. <laughs> yeah. I'm very textural. What do you think, buddy? Oh, Moss Man. Oh, man. That guy, I'm going to bump it back down to like 65. Oh, you know, you should have bumped it back up, I'll little buddy, you. for $175. Bam. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, what a trio that is, though. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got one more little treat for Hit you me. here. Hit me. Very last one. It's that same exact book that you have right there, mm-hmm. but this has none other than Lou's signature. Oh on my it. goodness gracious! Yep. How much do you think this might go for, good sir? One fifty. You know what? You overshot it. No, but no, no, it's okay. It's a book. We, no, listen, we're in, we're in the base. We're in the base of Filmation February, so we're safe. Our podcast can still continue. Okay. Okay. Whatever that means. <laughs> Whatever you got to tell yourself. Yeah. $122. Still pretty close. Yeah. My my numbers aren't quite as off as they used to yeah, be. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not too shabby. Look, can you just pat me on the... Can you just tell me I did good? Listen, Orko. That I did I love decently. You. I love you, Orko. Okay? <laughs> You're great, all right? You're doing, you're doing great things here. I appreciate it. Yeah. And that's all I got, buddy. Man, I, uh, I, I really would like to have some... I've been looking at the toys sometimes, and it's like... There, a lot of them are copies of each other, but I still really would like them. Dude, since starting this podcast, yeah. I definitely look up yeah. toys when I'm not even researching for the <laughs> podcast. I'm like, you know, I, I want to collect stuff. Yeah, it seems like there's, some, uh, some, there's something like, about I'm the like, He-Man. I want to make my girlfriend mad. Exactly. <laughs> I want to waste space in my house. Yeah. If you play with them, it's not wasting them. Like, there's just something about He-Man, about like how every... Everything that you could want. Like, do you want a reptile? We got this guy. Do you want a bug? We got these guys. I remember there were dinosaurs that hatched out of eggs. You have science fiction. It's just like everything in one place. You don't have to buy anything else. And if you want Skeletor, there's only one place to go. And that's Eternia. <laughs> um, I, I'm so glad that we started on kick Filmation February off with our good buddies over in Eternia. We're going to come back to this show. You believe me that. We're coming back to the He-Man. <laughs> I mean, there was no other choice for who we're going to kick no, this off. No, with. no, 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 no. They're, they're the the makers of yep. filmation. Yep. Yep. Um, so I want to, before we head out of here, I would like to implore you guys to contact us in the following ways: Twitter at dptooncast.com, email dptooncast at gmail.com, Facebook group facebook.com forward slash dptooncast.com. See, I never went down at the end of any of those sentences, so you just assume it's still going. Yeah. Yeah, it's still passing by. It's still flying <laughs> off into the future. You're really good, man. You ever thought about podcasting? Mm-mm. Okay. You made me think of it just now. <laughs> Brain please. All right, buddy. And then I think you have something you want to share with the people. You know what? I do, man. So I do a true crime podcast with Brandon and Catherine. It's called Nature of the Beast. It's found everywhere that podcasts are found. It's true crime with a twist. It's really funny. It's good stuff. We just released a new episode, Natalie Holloway. Go get it. It's good. It is good. I Thank listened you. to that one. Thank you. I will say that one was good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're I, like the rest of them. And I'm going to tell all you, you He-Man heads out there that it is not nature of the Beast Man. Okay. <laughs> Don't listen to it thinking you're going to get He-Man <laughs> mysteries solved or anything like that. It's not that. Um, and sadly, Beast Man wasn't in this episode, but I'm sure we'll see him in the future. Until then, we're going to put Eternia back, the Eternia playset back up in the closet. And I say unto thee, tutor my duder. Hey, Will? Yes. Um, do tutor my duder. Okay. All right. Approved. <laughs>